time to get started. Welcome back to Boop Snoots. My name is Vero. And my name is Heidi. And today we are going to talk about some doggy clothing brands and a book that Heidi's been reading. Oh, yes. If you guys can hear my dogs barking in the background, that is my father picking them up to take them for a walk. Ooh. <laughs> Sounds exciting. I can hear going them. A little, yeah, going a little crazy. That's him going, doggies want to go for a walk. Doggies want to go for a walk. <laughs> yeah. Santa Claus. heard that on here. a previous episode. Yep. Oh, I just heard the door slam. They're on their way. They're on their way. Yeah. Um, yes, I am going to book review. Uh, I read Zach George's Dog Training Revolution. So he's uh, one of the super media trainers that are out there. And we will talk about that in a bit. But yeah, he has a big presence on on YouTube. So if you search anything dog training, uh, Zach is definitely going to show up on your search results. You'll see a video or two. And I'll be interested to know what you think. He has some good content, but we'll talk about it we'll coffee we'll talk, talk about, about it. it later <laughs> uh so i'm gonna start so heidi how do you feel because i'm getting my puppy at the end of february mm -hmm. i've only had a dog so wiggum i got him in june mm -hmm. so it's nice and warm outside mm -hmm. but now i'm getting this puppy at the end of february hopefully the cold canadian ottawa winter spell will <laughs> be over by then because usually beginning of march is when it starts things start warming warm up, up again mm -hmm. but do you think he's going to be cold <laughs> <laughs> i don't know because because i won't be spending like hours outside with them right yeah so i can tell you right now gibbs has gotten like no coat at all and he go like he's going out for a walk right now and i guarantee you he doesn't i have a coat for him but he he doesn't wear it so it depends on how active you're going to be so for a puppy because they're not going to be like sprinting and like really like get warming up and using all their muscles he might be a bit colder why are you thinking about purchasing something for him little puppy coat. well i was thinking about like if he was going to be cold or not Mm -hmm. But then I don't want to buy something that he's going to grow out of in two weeks. Well, what you could do is you could look on like the Facebook, like or Kijiji, because I, I bet you a ton of people sell dog clothing on there because they buy cute little coats for their puppies and then the puppies get big. Ooh, that's a good idea. Or I thought of maybe just like throwing on like a, a small t-shirt. Oh, you could do that too. Or I could see what I have for you even. Uh, I don't know if I have anything that small because Gibbs was kind of big by the time I got stuff. Yeah, we could have a look because I bought Gibbs a coat for his first winter and he only wore it once or twice before it didn't fit. And then I sold it on Kijiji to another woman who said it would be perfect for Ooh. her. So I would check out because, yeah, you don't want to spend me me mega bucks. Yeah. No, because he's going to grow out of it and then I'll get him something else and then he's going to grow out of that and then... It's like wasted money. I'm yeah. gonna wait till he's an adult and get him some some functional stuff. So speaking yes. of functional stuff, um, as you all know, or maybe not, me and Heidi are in Canada. Mm -hmm. So it's cold here. We get all sorts of weather. So I really like this company, Canada Pooch, because they have all sorts of stuff and it's functional and it looks nice. Mm -hmm. 
So the thing that I've been looking at um, is the slush suit so that your dog doesn't get all like a belly wet and all the fur wet when they go for walks when it's slushy outside. Um, so they have all sorts of stuff for dogs and they even have stuff to match uh, for humans. So if you want to match your dog, you can get a matching hat. <laughs> <laughs> and they have these pouches uh, to put like treats in it and doggy poop bags. So yeah, it looks like quality stuff. And I think you can get this stuff from um, like regular pet stores. Oh, yeah. I like Canada Pooch. Canada Pooch, um, like scrolling through like their front page there, it does look like super nice stuff. Oh my god, there's like a Vishla on there and he looks so funny. <laughs> I really like the like the knitted hat. It inspired <laughs> me to try to make my own, so I crocheted this toque, which does not look as nice, but I'm I'm looking forward to trying it on some dog. Oh my goodness. I did try it, so I dog sat on New Year's Eve into New Year's. Oh, yes. Uh, her name is Kelly, mm -hmm. and she's a Border Collie, mm -hmm. and she's super easygoing, and I tried on the hat, but it didn't fit her, <laughs> and she was like, what the hell? What the hell are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't get the ears through. It's too small. That is so funny. <laughs> what are you doing to me? Oh, she's very at... timid. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So... Um, when we go to this friend's place, which we haven't been in a while, you usually don't even see Kelly. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I'm apparently her favorite person. Oh. Ha. Yeah. That's so cute. Yeah. So oh yeah, I got god. to dog sit Kelly for a day. Oh my god, I want to contact Canada Pooch and ask them if they need like a model because Gibbon would. <laughs> yeah, he'd be great. He'd be so He'd be so good and so cute at it. Yes, I do like their stuff. Have a look at Canada Pooch, everybody. Uh, the next company, she does not make, her name is Janet. She does not make any clothing, but she does make bandanas, uh, key fobs, and scrunchies for us humans. Uh, the name of her shop is The Harry House. She's on Etsy. Um, and she makes, she's very creative because she makes these bandanas that just slip on the dog's collar. Oh, yes. Yeah, if you can get like collars and if your dog grows, um, they can still slip on the collar and they actually stay on. Because I know I've had bandanas before and I've had issues with them actually <laughs> staying on. <laughs> so yeah, so she's from Ontario. Nice. Yeah, so I just thought I'd mention her on here. She has some nice stuff. Are you looking these up as I'm talking? I am, but I'm also like looking up another one that I remembered and I'm just reading about their company. Yeah, she is. Okay. So the, there's, there is another company that I'll bring up and I think I mentioned them before on here and they're called Chili Dogs and they are located right here in Ottawa. And this is the one that I believe used to live in my neighborhood and as my dog park peeps tell me. So I bought stuff for Gibbs in the beginning and so like I think what she started out with and now it has flourished into like a full-blown company with like everything like jackets and and well shop coats sweaters cooling and drying stuff and like all that sort of stuff but what she started out with was um it's not a hat per se 
but it kind of is. It almost looks like this tube. And then at either end of the tubes, there's like a, um, like, like a know, drawstring, a drawstring. Yes. So it, it goes over their heads like super easily so that you can drawstring it and it's to cover their ears. Because I think I'm, like I said, I mentioned this before with dogs with like the super long flopsy ears, like my Gibbs. Uh, when it gets super cold outside, because we can get down to minus 40. Now, mind you, when it's minus 40, I'm not going to keep Gibbs. He's not going to last very long outside. Usually in minus 40 weather, like the dogs do not even go for a walk. But some people, like a uh, an, an ex-colleague of ours, used to have a boxer and same thing, super thin, like flopsy ears. And even letting them out to pee, their ears can crack. And then they come in. And then they flap, 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 and blood goes flying everywhere. Ew. Yeah, so this thing keeps their ears warm. So I got a chili dog for Gibbs, and I think I have a photo of him in it, which we'll have to post. And Are his they called snoods? I don't, they might be called snoods. I don't know what she calls them, but it's called the head muff. The head That's muff. That's what she calls it. Yeah. <laughs> it's cute. It is. And Gibbs looks, like, very cute in it. But, um... Yeah, we'll have to post a photo of that. But that that works really well and it stays on Gibbs like really well too. And yeah, it doesn't slide down. No, it doesn't slide down because the drawstring like makes it so and it didn't drive him nuts. Like he didn't try to get it off. And um, no, he did really well with it. So I, I'm a fan of that product. Head move. Head move. Chili dogs. Chili dogs. I didn't know they were from Ottawa. Yeah cool yeah local shop local yeah <laughs> uh so this next company that i'm gonna mention they are from korea so it's a korean company called barker i just want to mention these guys because they make really cool clothing for dogs and they make these harnesses that are just made of fabric so it's not straps and they look really really comfortable I could see these working for a small dog. I don't know about a bigger dog. Um, so they have these like little jackets and they just look really, really cool. And they even make pants. How do you spell Barker? I don't even know if you can actually order here in Canada. But I think this is worth even just a look because they make really nice stuff. They have this like pilot jumper khaki jacket with like little zippers and it's like this little fluffy fluffy dog wearing it and he has like a turtleneck underneath <laughs> <laughs> oh it's really cute so I don't know if I would make my dog wear that sort of clothing and like yeah. a denim jacket and all that stuff but it's cute I'm not sure if it's because of the uh protection that I have on my computer but when I click on the link to that website it my computer won't take me there because they call oh, them no. a suspicious web page which 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 will be a nice intro into which we wanted to talk about which is there's some companies if you're an Instagrammer if you've got an account with your dog you're gonna notice that you get a lot of messages from people from different companies saying like hey cute dog want a collab and you start getting all these messages I still continue to get them for Gibbs and I did try one with one company 
and um, they were called band paws. So I messaged them and a person messaged me back and they seemed like pretty legit. And I assumed that they were Canadian company because they had like a Canadian flag. And then after I ordered, I was like, oh, no, they're not. They are not a Canadian company. So the whole idea is that they get you to purchase products from their company. And then you send a picture of your dog wearing the product. And then they post it and share share it on Instagram, hopefully, hopefully getting you more followers. So I decided, oh, what the hell? Like, I'll give this a try. And I bought like a, a nice bandana for Gibbs and I bought him a pair of sunglasses. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> but um, it took forever to get here. I'm talking like four months, which indicates to me that it is being shipped from somewhere far away, such as probably China. And then the quality of what I bought also felt like it was shipped from somewhere like China. <laughs> so I tried yeah. to get a photo of uh, Gibbs with uh, his bandana on and I sent it to them and they never did share it and they never, and I don't know if it's, this happened during COVID, right? Like I started Gibbs Instagram account at the beginning of COVID as a project. And so it could be that that slowed down the shipping of things. But anyways, needless to say, I, I was disappointed in the products and um, they never did follow up with a photo share or anything. So just be wary of these companies that are going to message you on the Insta. Yeah, because if you look at their website, their stuff looks nice. Mm -hmm. So who knows? I know. Maybe it was a COVID, the COVID times. Yeah. Um, so my next company that I want to mention is Wagware. Mm -hmm. And they're Wag Wellies. So these are boots for dogs. They are 100% rubber. Uh, they're not that expensive. So they're about like 50 bucks. And they look really cute. <laughs> so they look like little like hunter boots or like he said like crocs yeah for dogs mm -hmm. uh they they show you how to measure your dog's foot so i don't know how much give these boots have i can just imagine like dogs wearing these and if they're not the right fit like hurting their paws like any yeah. other boot like when we buy shoes like if you buy new yeah. shoes the first time you wear them uh, you're probably not going to wear them when you're going for like a very long stroll. Um, they look cute. I like they do them. look cute. This company also looks cute. All their stuff yes. looks cute. Yeah. So if I didn't have boots already, I might consider getting some wag wellies, but we'll see. They they look exactly like little hunter boots for your dog. <laughs> they do. It it, so it is pretty cute. I ain't Aww. gonna lie. They're pretty cute. <laughs> I want some. Wag wellies. Uh, and then there's this other company, which um, is called Happy Dog. It's a Canadian company. If you go to their website, it just looks like a really, like a one of those big companies like PetSmart. But it's Canadian based and they have, it's like an everything store. So they have like beds, bowls, cleaning products, clothing, collars. Uh, they have gates and they do have in the pet tags section. So it's like a little capsule that you can screw open. Mm -hmm. And inside there's like this little, there's a paper. So you can actually leave a message on the paper, close the capsule and put it on your dog's collar. So I thought that was kind of neat. Is it like me message in a bottle except on a dog? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's funny. Yeah. So if your dog has like, I don't know, some medical issue or something that you would want strangers to know if you were to lose your dog and some stranger were to pick him up on the street. Oh, I, oh, okay. I see. I see. Yeah. There's like uh, the paper inside. It looks like there's like name, phone number. So just the usual stuff, but I guess you can write whatever you want. Yeah. I thought That'd that was funny. Neat. What would I write? It's like that the tags that people have made where it's like, I'm a jerk and my mom's really upset right now. You better call her and like, you know what I mean? Yeah. You got those people that write the different funny messages. I ordered tags for the puppy. Mm -hmm. And one of them has call my mom and then it'll have the phone number and it says microchipped. Yep. But as I was searching... Uh, there was one of them said like, call my mom. She's ugly crying <laughs> or lost AF. Yeah. <laughs> These are pretty cute. Oh, Dugans. And yeah, that's pretty much what I found for clothing companies while I was searching for some puppy clothes that I'm probably not going to get, but it's, it's fun looking at all that stuff. Some of it is really cute. Those little puppy onesies <laughs> I know like some of it is so cute but it's like it's I can remember like when I had my my first child I can remember like going out shopping and then it's like they have like little baby adidas they're like so cute like little adidas shoes for like babies but yeah. they're like at adidas prices right like so it's like 70 bucks for a shoe that they're going to be able to wear maybe for a month or two so yeah. I, I would always and how stop often myself going to wear them well exactly like they're not going to walk in them they're babies <laughs> <laughs> adidas have clothing for dogs called mm -hmm. adi dog yes <laughs> Didn't one of our uh, ex-colleagues there that has like a whole gaggle of dogs, like five of them, she has two little chihuahuas and I think she got the matching Addy dog like oh, like yes. sweater sets. And yes. then it was super cute. It is super <laughs> cute if you have like, a, I think tiny dogs, like you can justify it more because it's like little and cute and they'll fit in it like forever, you know, the like 10 yeah. pound and below dogs. <laughs> and it keeps them warm, but I can just imagine like, I like a Newfoundland. Oh my god. Wearing like a big sweater. <laughs> and you like I'm so hot. Oh my goodness, yeah. They'd be like, "No, I don't need." <laughs> yeah. I watched a grooming video speaking of Newfoundlands. Uh this YouTuber, her company is called Go Groomer and she she's great. She gives you a lot of like groomer tips so that you can groom your dog at home. Mm -hmm. and they groomed a Newfoundland his massive is like 180 pounds mm -hmm. and there was two of them oh my goodness. and it sounds like it took like four hours oh my god the hair that came out of him and yeah. he gets groomed every like five weeks yeah he's like so cute oh my goodness yeah I was tempted to get a newfie but like like you said like the grooming alone that's like a high maintenance dog. Yeah. And the drool. And the drool. <laughs> Lots of drooling in the video. Love those large breeds, but the drool. I would like mm -hmm. uh, I would love to talk to people like that own like the large breed dogs and see how they deal with that aspect of it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh time consuming. Yes. All right. Are we ready to talk about this book? 
Yes. Zach. So I checked out this book and I'm going to say, I'm going to put it right out there. There's a lot of great things in this book. So this guy, he uh, had dogs as a younger guy, really liked them, enjoyed watching all the dog shows and the tricks and competitions and stuff like that. And then he got a border collie and then he started um, competitively training in like Frisbee throwing and stuff like that. And then he became a trainer at like a PetSmart for like years and years and then decided to start his own YouTube channel. So he is and makes it abundantly clear throughout the book that he is a purely positive trainer and refers to uh, using corrective measures as like a super old practice and old school. And he quotes these different studies, which I don't know, he didn't win me over and his no. discussions about the purely positive approach. I wonder if he thinks like uh, the corrective approach being old-fashioned so when I think of dog training correction and old-fashioned I think of about the rolled up newspaper well exactly so that's like a I mean that's a no for me but there's corrections that you can do that are (laughs) that are not at all near what a dog would feel with a rolled up newspaper I know. And, and, you know, he makes like specific references to like the prong collar and the e-collar and stuff like that. And he says, and he says over and over again in his book that you don't need to have a dog feel uncomfortable for you to train them or for them to know, like there's no, he doesn't believe in the pack mentality and that there needs to be like an alpha. Like he just doesn't believe in, in intimidating or dominating your dog, which um I disagree with I think they're pack animals yeah there's like instinct there's instinct in every animal out there they're animals and including us we're animals too and we have instincts and some people know with parenting how to control them and some people are a little bit more impulsive and there's extremes right of like dominating your dog absolutely just like parenting like he he talked about alpha roles so and 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 he only describes it really briefly because I was like what the hell is he talking about but I guess there's people who who train or they tell you to do like if like you're if a dog is trying to if you're trying to assert your dominance with your dog I guess you take them and roll them on their back to force them into submission so yeah I don't agree with that but like no again like I think that you need to be corrective but I like I said, we, we've said it over and over and over and over again on our show. Um, these tools, especially that he describes, they don't come with instructions. So yeah, if you don't know how to use them properly, yeah, you're going to hurt your dog. And that's the piece where I, you get these like purely positive people going nuts, I think. Because mm-hmm. yes, there are people who are hurting their dogs out there because they're choking the crap out of them because they don't have the leash placed properly even to begin with or those types of things but anyways so here I'll just describe the book so he set it up really well like as I mentioned he started off as a youtuber he does have like a vast amount of experience his dogs are very well trained and is there more than one way to skin a cat that sounds aggressive that's an aggressive (laughs) phrase to use but but there is And um, so I'm not saying that his approach is wrong. And it sounds like he got puppies and did that. Like, I would love to hand him over like a super aggressive dog and see how he's gonna, I'd love for him to make a video 
with like a rescue right. that's super intimidated and biting and snarling and like everything and see how you fare through that with like no lead like he even even like anyways leash pressure so, um <laughs> leash pressure yeah but having said that there's a lot of great things in this book like i was going through it and i was like okay yeah yeah and it was almost validating because it's a he took a similar approach as sort of we did like at the beginning of our podcast so he starts out with um okay so getting getting a dog the things that you need to consider so like in his first chapter he talks about how like the most important things you need to take into consideration is time patience and cost so you need the, the time to devote to this dog and to training the dog you need to think about that you you need to be patient because they are animals and especially with puppies it's like a baby so you can get angry at them for peeing on the floor when you get a new puppy because that's what puppies do <laughs> you can't get angry yeah. at them for chewing stuff because that's what puppies do so you need to take the you need to be patient and you need to be aware of the cost and these are all sort of things that we we touched upon but he laid it out like very well and he just talks about sort of the very basic costs of owning an animal. Like he's saying, he talks about the cost of purchasing one to begin with, the initial costs of buying like all the things that you're going to need. Mm -hmm. And and then he moves on. So he says those are the most important ones. And then the next one he talks about is the lifestyle stuff. So he's like, he talks about um, are there kids? Are there other animals? Um is there anyone with allergies in the household? Why are you getting a dog? Are you getting them for security purposes? Are you getting them to be a companion? Are you getting them to be your cuddle blanket like at night? And um, is everyone in your household ready for the dog? And then you need to think about the future. Like, how do you want this dog to act? Or what are things that may happen in your future? So again, thinking about those long term things that we had sort of mentioned before, too. Then he talks about what is the right dog for you. And he talks about getting a puppy versus like an adult dog, uh, whether to get a mixed or a purebred dog. And then he talks about, um, and he, he brings up like all of like the, the points around that, which we've mentioned in different ways. So like one good point that I, that I made note of that we never sort of said is that like, if you're getting a purebred dog because of, certain characteristics of that breed don't be disappointed if they don't have those <laughs> characteristics so <laughs> yeah. and wiggum is the perfect example wiggum of that is... right <laughs> like wiggum is not <laughs> a labrador retriever he is a no. sloth in a labrador retriever's <laughs> body right so like he, he just said like you know keeping in mind like if you're going for a specific breed for certain reasons keep in mind that every dog is a unique individual so don't be disappointed if you don't get a retriever <laughs> or you know what I mean like or if you're looking for these specific things <laughs> that's funny so yeah it was funny because I read that and I was like it's so true just like wiggle <laughs> um and he talks about um where to initially go looking for your dog and he talks about how and and it's and it's a very valid point like um I'll be honest with you, when we made the decision to get Gibbs, I didn't even think about looking at rescues first, but he very much promotes, he's saying, so there's certain stats in this book that I find very interesting too. So he said, 25% of dogs in, sh in shelters are purebred dogs. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking for a purebred, 
your chances are you could still find a puppy within the breed that you're looking for in a shelter or in a rescue, just like the site that you've been following, Vera, like the Golden yeah, Rescue. Golden Rescue. So a lot of breeds have their own rescue yeah. organizations. Exactly. So you could get one at literally like for a fraction of the cost and still be getting like a puppy. Like people surrender puppies all the time. Like even even with my breeder, like after I got Gibbs, like like he'll post on Facebook every once in a while, this is Jagger. He didn't work out in his home because they had a baby. Yeah. Da, 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 da. He's this, you know what I mean? Like all that kind of stuff. So um, even breeders sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, so they have their males and they have their females. Mm -hmm. um, and then after they they've gone through that reproductive stage, where they no longer can like become pregnant. Um, sometimes they're put up on their websites. Exactly. Look, looking well, for homes. And these are dogs that are like well-trained. Oh, for sure. Well-socialized. They offered us Gibbon's mom when we... Oh, really? Because he was oh. her, her last litter. And I wanted to so bad because she was so sweet. Her name was Magic. And she was. Oh. She was Magic. I wanted to take her so bad, but I wasn't prepared. I can't do three dogs. Two is like sort of my Two, limit. Yeah. I could mm -hmm. if, like I said, <laughs> if I won the lottery and <laughs> I would start my own dog rescue. But uh, for now and for our current arrangements, I, I my limit is two dogs. Yeah. Two dogs. Um, so the way he sets up his book, and I was telling Vero this, he's managed well or he's made some good like self-marketing decisions here because he started out as a YouTuber. He decided to compile like all of his training knowledge and everything into this book, which was done like in a very good order and set up very well. So he does a chapter where he says his blurbs on all these different things. Then he has a question period where he gets questions from a lot of his clients. Like he posts up prominent ones and what he would do to correct like different things. Sorry, not correct. To purely positive, tr purely positively <laughs> train them, and um, and then he has these little clips. Um, so throughout the book, you'll see a little YouTube like sign above it, and then he, you can, so you can YouTube a video specifically about what he's talking about. So he set it up really well. Like it's really, I've I've got nothing bad to say about this guy from a business uh, aspect of things. Um, so one of the questions like uh, that. Um, I sort of skipped over, I, I read through the questions to see if there are any important ones that I would want to touch upon or anything that we hadn't mentioned. And um, there was one um, question about like specific breeds <laughs> and uh, more specifically pit bulls. And he, and I think this is a nice validating thing to hear too, whether you come from a purely positive like background or a corrective one, everybody feels the same about the whole like breed uh, banning and like all that kind of stuff. And he was saying that like, you, you know, they go through these different, and he didn't say this, this is like partially my opinion too. There's been several different breed bands over the years for different reasons. It was German Shepherds at one point. It was Do Dobermans at another point. And the more most recent one is Pitbulls. And um, he was saying that people, they don't talk about the owners who, who own them. So this is, was a stat that I found interesting. And like, that's the point that he brought up that is like, it's not about the dog. It's who's owning the dog. Cause like we had mentioned, dogs are property and it's that person that's going to, you know, shape and 
form what this dog is going to be like. So people who own pit bulls are 10 times more likely to have a criminal record than than the average person. So what do you think they're training them to do? To be aggressive, to guard property, to, um, or maybe they're not training them at all so that's why they're a bit more aggressive or nervous around people be right you know like you don't know so when you talk about an aggressive breed it's not think about look past that look at the other variables involved and that is the owners because it's the owner that's gonna shape what a dog is like right all right so then he talks about what to like look for when you're going to look for these dogs and he and then like one thing that he brought up was like energy level and he had tips about that like he said always meet the parents if you're going like if if you can like if you're going through a breeder or if you're picking a dog up for anywhere if you can meet the parents that's a good thing and he talks about like this is kind of like kind of funny to me he talked he's he talks about first impressions because if you see like a little puppy that's like literally bouncing around like and then one that comes in like snuggles into your arm like spend time with them like sometimes those first impressions can be indicative of how their personality is going to turn out and he talks (laughs) this one part kind of made me laugh because he was like look into their eyes like look into their (laughs) eyes and it's just like well (laughs) you're like in puppy love like yeah (laughs) I don't know what looking into their eyes is gonna do and again if you're not like good at reading like dog language and stuff you can stare into a dog's eyes like all day and like and not really know and then he just talks about asking questions like and and these are all things that we mentioned like at the in the beginning when we talk about choosing a dog for you and breeder and blah 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 so um, then, in the next chapter, like, sorry to cut you no, off. No, 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 not at all. <laughs> when not you all. go see, when you go see the puppies, and then you do have like the ones that are more excited, the ones that are like just kind of sitting there looking at you. Some that are trying to like jump over the gate to get to you. I just wonder if the puppies that are just sitting there were they excited, like fifteen minutes ago. Well, exactly. When the, so it, when the it, first group of people came through to look at them. Exactly. And maybe they're just tired now. So if you're going to visit a puppy for like, you know, 15 minutes, you're, you're not going to be able to get a first impression because there's too many other variables, like you mentioned, involved. Is it just that and they... puppies play for like five minutes and then they sleep for two hours? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so you don't so you don't really know. But you know, it's just like little tips to like look out for. And so I guess like you can, uh, he, then he talks about coming home, bringing the dog into, into your home. He talks about the items that you'll need, which was all the same things that we mentioned. He talks about dog proofing the house, which we talked about too, like just being aware of like electrical stuff that's around food that you store in certain places that maybe you should move, um, about products and plants that you make keep in your house and then same thing with the insurance he literally mentions the exact same thing that we did about pet insurance saying like there is insurance available it could help you out with like a ton of issues it or if you're more comfortable just start a separate savings account for for your dog and and put money in there then he talks about some of the uh, procedures that dogs have before bringing them home so he talks about vaccinations about um, microchipping your dog about the deworming he talks about tail docking ear cropping dew claws dew claws is something that we never mentioned so the dew claw yeah is up like closer to around their ankle 
And I never, like, I remember, like, what getting glibs saying, getting glibs, getting gibs, uh, and the breeder saying, like, you know, he comes with this and this and this and this, and they did dock his tail. And there's a lot of controversy right now around, like, tail docking and ear cropping. If you're not doing it for the specific purpose of wh why you need it done, um, like, for Gibbon, uh, the hunting dog breeds typically have cropped tails, and it's because if you're hunting and you're out in the forest, they don't get tail fractures on the trees and stuff like that. That's why they dock tails in hunting dogs. Uh, why they crop ears on Dobermans and other guard dogs and, like, the Cane Corso mm -hmm. that I'm thinking about getting, like, later down the road. Uh, is because they're used as security animals. So, like, they don't get their ears caught in fences and stuff when they're, like, jumping or, or crawling under. So um, he talks about the controversy around, like, all of that. But the dew claw, and I didn't, and I remember they say they do dew claw removal. So Becky has her dew claws and Gibbon does not. And I remember when I was like, what, what is the purpose of the dew claw? What's the big deal about removing it? And I remember one of my friends telling me like, well, they're just sharp and sometimes they scratch you and they like really hurt because it is a very pointy, small like nail. Yes. And then I, I watched this video and this is like a total random video and it's like a very small reason or just pointing out the purpose of the dew claw. It showed a dog falling through the ice in water. And a dog with a dew claw trying to climb out because it acts as like an anchor. It's like for climbing and okay. pulling themselves out of situations and ones that didn't. So the ones without a dew claw could not get out of the ice. They couldn't climb out because oh, wow. they didn't have anything to like. It's almost like a like a hook, like a Batman like hook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like. Whoosh. <laughs> clips into the ice and they can climb out so I was like oh my god I'm like maybe I shouldn't have re removed the dew claw like <laughs> yeah Wiggum didn't know. have his mm -hmm. I don't know about the puppy that I'm getting I they did not mention it yeah so I'm thinking he's probably still gonna have it yeah I don't maybe. know like if I'd, they're show yeah. dogs do they remove I, the dew claws I have no hmm. idea J'ai aucune idée. Yeah. So they do. So if you don't teach your dog to not jump on people and it's the summer and people are wearing shorts, yeah. uh, if they do jump on people, it can definitely scratch. It's very scratchy. It's very sharp. Yeah. So in the next chapter, he talks about transitioning into the home. So, and again, this is all stuff that we already mentioned on previous episodes. So uh, just talks about taking it slow the biggest mistake people make is just like bringing a dog into the home and giving them free range of the whole place because it's mm -hmm. too overwhelming for them so you need to start with one room and slowly introduce them to the rest of your home um, as you continue along with your training and um, he said um, for the first six months of their life you should have total control over their environment so this is another point that he makes frequently throughout the book that i completely agree with you especially with puppies or like and like less so with a new dog because they i find that they acclimate sooner like a puppy you're literally teaching them everything from scratch right so with puppies you need to have total control over their environment meaning like exactly like I just sort of mentioned when you bring them home they only have access to one room you start there then mm -hmm. like once their behaviors start to come along then the second room if you're going outside you're going to let them out you're going with them 
Like you're always with them yeah. in their environment, watching what they're doing and teaching them the boundaries around, around what you're doing and just keeping them safe. Right. Like, and he talks about like poop eating and like all that sort of stuff. And if you're controlling your dog's environment, then that won't happen as much. Right. Uh, he talks about taking the introductions slow, like, like don't have everybody over on day one to look at the puppy <laughs> or the dog. Cause it's like too, obviously he talks about children, like introducing them to children and having the children learn how to behave around a dog. So not charging at them and rushing at them and like, you know, all over them, like nonstop. And then he talks about like how to introduce them to other dogs. He goes through that and then how to introduce them to cats. Uh, and then he talks about how to introduce them, introduce them to the leash. And he also talks about how to introduce them to the crate. And then he goes on a big blurb about so socialization, which we did as well. And he didn't say anything different from the things that we said. It's all about okay. introducing them to people, environments, sounds, like all those kinds of things. Sounds like we should have a, a YouTube channel. Well, right? Because <laughs> I was like, he's saying a lot of the same stuff. It's just, and then um, he goes, so then the next chapter he talks about like, um, he starts out by talking about the myths about training. And this is where he rails on like the corrective measures and like the alpha thing, like literally like he blathers like on and on and on about it. But then he goes on about his training um, uh points so he said number one he talks about bonding with the animals so you have to be having fun with them you have to play with them and you have to create that bond uh, number two is exercise um, and he talks about the importance of exercise and stuff like that and then number three is like talking about establishing the how you're going to communicate with your dog with your dog so he talks about hand signals he talks about the language that you use like what words to use and stuff like that and just be clear on that um, he, and that's when he talks about learning the animals cues as well. So he talked, we did that sort of like on dog body language as well, talking about what to look for in the tail, the ears, the eyes and their postures and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, he talks about how you need to be consistent, which we also talked about. And number five was a big one and he, it was controlling the environment and he talks about like leaving the leash on. Like, and, yeah. and that's, and that's, that's exactly, important. he, like he said what, with, with his new dogs, he literally has this four foot leash that he attaches to his belt loop. And every morning when he gets up with the dog, the dog's on the belt loop. So the dog's with you and you're controlling mm -hmm. exactly where they're going and watching what they're doing. And then he goes on this, and I'm not sure if I'm going to get this right, because again, like I was reading it and I was like, now he talks about training from the inside out. So he talks about the way he describes this is you have to make the dog want to do what you want them to do and that's inside out so if you make if you are encouraging them to do the behavior like with their own thoughts and them making the decisions that's inside out training whereas he talks about outside in is the band-aids that we put on stuff and the, i i can see what he's talking about so he said if you have a dog that's chewing one of your furniture legs and you spray like some of those sprays that they sell at the store He's like, that's a band-aid to the solution because like as soon as it's off the table leg, he's still going to choose chew at the, the table leg. Yeah. So that's like an outside in. But I don't know. That's like, I, I get what he's saying, 
but he describes like all those callers that I had mentioned, like the e-caller, the prong caller, he, he calls those outside in training. And I, I'm not going to lie, like, like Gibbon is a puller on the leash. He is an extreme puller. And I tried the method like that he uses, which is a purely positive approach, which is like he recommends for leash training. You start in the home. So you put them on the leash. And as soon as they start to pull, you sit down and you stop and you make them look at you. So he's like when he talks about his training later on, he talks about the look at me teaching them how to look at you all the time. Mm -hmm. So he says you stop, you sit and make them stop and you make them look at you. And then you try and then you change direction and go the other way. And if they try to pull again, you sit and stop, make them look at you and and reward them each time like they they look at you. And he's all about he talks about treats, but he says like even for a large breed dog, he breaks it down into like pea sized like chicken or liver treats or whatever you're using, which, again, I don't agree with. You can use their their food equally the same. Yeah. And um but anyway, so, and one person asked that question, they said, you know, you're using treats too much. I'm worried about my dog getting overweight. And he said, if your dog's getting overweight, then you're using um, too big of a treat. You need to break your treats down smaller because he uses like pea-sized chicken is what he uses. He uses boiled chicken. Okay. Um, I use the dog's food, like we had mentioned in previous yeah. episodes. Use their kibble. They're going to eat it anyways. And now you don't have to worry about weight and if anything you're creating the motivation by holding partial amounts of their food that you're going to give to them through working like it's the same yes. and you don't have to worry about treats and like all that kind of stuff so anyway so um that's going to be fun with raw food <laughs> yeah well exactly right but you can get like other you could boil a chicken breast and then just cut it down into yep, super tiny sure. sizes um but then you got to refrigerate it all the time like but anyways, there's a variety of different treats I think I'm gonna, that you can get. Yeah. And I think I'll purchase a dehydrator. Yeah. And do that. Or just, or there's lots of companies that make like dehydrated chicken and like all that yeah. sort of stuff. So, um, yeah. So that's what he talks about with the training. Then he talks about house training them. And he says there's five basic rules. Number one, control the environment. Again, I, I that's the one big thing I agree with this dude on. And um, number two is routine, obviously. So try to get in the routine of the going out at the same time every day. Number three is rewards. So talking about rewarding the dog for when they go out. And number four is how to ha handle accidents. So he talks about not scolding your dog for like that's part of the training. Expect that they're going to have accidents in the house. Yeah. Don't scold them for it. Like don't yell or like it's the same thing as like yelling at a baby for peeing like if you don't have a diaper on right like you need to mm -hmm. sort of control and set them up for success um and then number five he talks about the importance of the cleanup so you really need to get get good cleaning products where you're eliminating the odor because dogs can smell and will repeat pee they will repeat 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 in the spot um so yeah he talks about those house training things and answers questions about them and it's all the same sort of that we mentioned it's like you take them outside you wait until they go you reward them and say with it saying potty or yay peepees or like whatever so anyway so um then he goes into the next chapter about basic training so he the first thing he talks about which is very true is knowing your dog's currency 
and we talked about that not all dogs are food motivated some of them it's more about playing and stuff like that so like whenever you they're doing something that you want reward them with like their favorite ball or their favorite toy and play a quick game of like tug of war with them if you want and then like move on to like your next like training thing I don't know what I would do with a dog that isn't food motivated it's so much easier I don't food motivated because <laughs> it's like so it would it's so much faster right because it's like an instant reward whereas like if it's play or Playing ball tug like that's just going to prolong it's more time consuming right um, mm-hmm. So knowing your dog's currency, yes. Then he qu- quickly does a blurb and has a YouTube video on the clicker training thing. He talk so the first thing he t- and then he talks about yes and no. So when they're doing something that you want, mark it with a yes, like yes, like sit, like you're, if you're teaching them the sit command. When they do it, you go yes, sit, like you, so using yes to as a marker of yes, you're doing exactly what, like you got it. And no, he talks about you. And that's very true too. And it's very hard because you're, I think a lot of people naturally assume the power role, like when training their dogs, right? So when you say no, it's hard not to be like, no. (laughs) But he's saying like, you don't have to like, like don't yell at it. Say it very calmly, like no, like try again. You know what I mean? And it's true. And like, I remember Michelle saying that too. It's like, you don't have to get angry or super pissed or be super aggressive about it. And it's true for some of the things that you don't, you want to yeah. save those like super angry nose for like more dangerous, like sort of things, but um, to kind of like startle them a little mm-hmm. bit. So to get he, their attention. these are all the different basic training things he says to start with. So he talks about the look at me. So teaching them to look at you and and saying, look at me or watch Mm me. Um, And he teaches leave it. That's a a, a super important one too. So like leave it. And then he does a leave it, watch me combo. So doing those two together, like leave it, like look at me, which is a good one to do. Then he talks about the sit down up stand combo. So uh, doing all of that and then teaching them come teaching them stay like stay for a prolonged period of time stay from a distance and then a stay while distracted and then uh teaching all of these different skills from a distance he recommends doing mm-hmm. and yeah and then teaching all of these skills with distraction so again we mentioned that you always start inside the house where there's the least amount of distractions once your dog's nailing it like inside now start to introduce more distractions like another dog like even start with that start with the door doorbell or some loud music playing or the squirrels outside running around on the fence and see if they can still look at me like look at me and that kind of stuff and then um he talks about leash training and he talks about starting in the house and then like i said like i just had mentioned you stop and say look at me and then turn the other way and uh then he he talks about using the gentle leader and i think there's a okay. quick youtube video on that and then he takes this opportunity to condemn the prong collar and the e-collars and like all the other <laughs> ones <laughs> and then um he talks about teaching the no jumping and like the sit stay and it's basically teaching the dog to do a sit stay and then you yeah. reward them for not jumping. But he doesn't agree with like the, you know, how some people put up a knee or whatever. 
I, I literally, I, and I would tell guests before coming to my house is I would say, walk in and please do not pet the dog or acknowledge them or squeal. And I said, I know it's going to be hard because he's super cute, but please don't acknowledge them yeah. until they sit down and I say, okay. And then they're like, all right. And so they come in and like, it's so funny. Cause like all my friends that came by, right. It's so hard because puppies are so cute. It's they hard not so to come cute. in and go, Ooh. You know what I mean? Like, it's so hard not to yeah. do that. And so everyone who came over to see the puppy, they like, I, I gave them the spiel. I'd be like, please don't like acknowledge them until I have them like in a sit, please. Like we're training and they're like, okay. And so they come in and literally like their hands go up to their mouths and they're just like, <laughs> it's like almost our... like don't even look at them <laughs> i know but it's so hard because they are they're so cute i'll be the same when i could first come to visit your puppy i'm gonna know but i'm gonna be like oh my god yeah <laughs> oh i can't um, wait yeah and he i look at my phone yeah like 10 times oh, I at know. least 10 times a day i'm like spam i have like a promotion <laughs> folder look in there social folder look in there just in case that is so funny because <laughs> it's that time it's, it's getting coming. there he's gonna be it's born coming. soon it's coming and then um so then in the next chapter, he talks about common problems and every single problem that he brings up, he basically says, go stay, take a step back in the training and restart again from the beginning, like with the mm -hmm. training, um, which again, like I don't, and, and again, he, he goes on and on about the purely positive approach there and like condemns corrective measures. Um, uh, and then chapter eight, he talks about basic care. So he talks, um, uh, a bit about food and he was similar to us but he does but he makes it very clear that he does not recommend raw diets Ooh, no way and and again makes the points about it that you could easily like just flip and rotate on regular food too he's like you know it could be dangerous for some dogs and the bacteria and it's like you mean like all the thousands of recalls that happen like every friggin year like right. that's that's dangerous for dogs too see and and this i'd never <laughs> i never heard of the acronym for like bones and raw food it's called the barf diet <laughs> yes bones and raw food that's the first time <laughs> i saw that. that yeah or biologically appropriate raw food barf diet uh so he just says um uh so he just talks about the dangers of bacterias and stuff like that that are in there, but it's no different than the dangers in regular food. And then he finishes off the last chapter with talking about tricks, traveling, which we just talked about on the last episode. And he says all the same stuff that we did. And he talks again about the importance of exercising your dogs. And then he uh, talks about all the tricks um, and ha has clips to his YouTube videos of how to teach the tricks, like shake a paw, play dead, roll over, speak. And then he talks about the back stall, which I'm going to try learning with the Gibbs. Back stall. The back stall is like when you crouch on the ground and you get the dog to jump on your back. Ooh. Yeah. Cool. So I may try yeah. that with Gibbs. Um, yeah. And then he t talks a bit uh, about traveling with your dogs and car rides and acclimating to them to that and stuff like that. And then ends the book. So uh, overall, I did there's... watch quite a few. Sorry. No, that's okay. I did watch quite a few of his videos and he is, he does use only the purely positive approach mm -hmm. um, about 
the food. I'm not 100% sure, but I think he is, and probably along with a lot of other uh, professional trainers online, possibly sponsored by a food company. Yes. Yes. So that's something to think it's, about yes, when people he... say that they're against a certain mm -hmm. type of food. Maybe they are sponsored by another type of food. And <laughs> well, exactly. Because kind of what they have to say. <laughs> you're, 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 you're right, because he starts out each video with his sponsor, which is a food company. So that's true. That's very yeah. true. So overall, what mm -hmm. I have to say about Zach George is like this book that does have a lot of helpful things. But like I mentioned, I don't I don't think uh, if you want to start out by trying to use a purely positive approach with your dog, that's fine. But if you're if those methods are not working, try some other things. And it doesn't mean that you're hurting your dog or you're doing something painful. Like I mentioned, and I'll say it again and again and again, know how to use your tools so that you are not hurting your dog or causing pain but mm -hmm. you you can yeah. still correct them um so a lot of good stuff in this book so by all means like like try it out or have a good read like he there is a lot of helpful stuff and i agree with like a lot of it um the thing that weirds me out about this guy is the purely positive approach and he uses this method that you'll notice in his videos where he sticks his face like he says you need to make eye contact with them and you need to be down at their level and he sticks his face and and encourages people to stick their face in the dog's face and to me that is a dangerous practice yeah, I and <laughs> and and he talks about making dogs want to do things and again that's part of the purely positive like approach but uh, i will always maintain that animals are animals and instinct is instinct and you get some with more instinct and some that are trained a bit better and i mentioned this earlier to vero a perfect example of this is siegfried and roy in las vegas they had worked with these tigers for years and years and years and all it takes is like one weird thing to happen and the animal instinct kicks mm -hmm. in and here he had this amazing bond and relationship w w with this animal and it hurt him badly and and didn't even yes. mean to yeah. so getting in a dog's face that's that's a way if you're not knowing how to read your dog and like all those like postures and their their body language that's asking for a bite if you ask me so anyways yeah. that those are my thoughts on zach george god my dogs are barking do you hear them did opa come back no. <laughs> <laughs> anyways i think that wraps up today's episode of let's boop snoots and we will see you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, woof. Bye.